I'm Robin. And I'm Melody. And today we're going to be talking about our hobbies and passions, which we can discover and rediscover within our life. And so we thought it would be fun if we did a little game type of thing um, where we are going to be saying three words that go towards a hobby that we like to do and see if the other person can guess it. So Robin, you can start. Foam, zen, pose. Mm. Uh, see, I don't understand the first word, but I'm going to go with my gut and say yoga. Yeah, foam like the yoga mat is a yeah. Oh, foam. <laughs> okay. I was like foam roller, foam like actual foam. <laughs> All right. Um, All right. Music, steps, choreography. Dance. (laughs) It's way too easy because that's just an obvious one for me. Well, especially choreography gave it away. Yeah. I was a little too (laughs) easy on the ending there. Okay. Water, oxygen, green. See, I wanted to say, like, gardener to begin with, but, like, planting, plants, etc. Yeah, plants. <laughs> I have a lot of plants, and I like to take care of them and look at them. <laughs> <laughs> do you like um, succulents the best, or do you have, like, a preferred plant? Yeah, my preferred plant is any kind of cactus. And I do have two succulents as well. So I, I really like desert plants. And then my husband really likes hanging plants. So we have two of those. And we just got this really pretty colorful one. But typically, I mean, I just love, love, love green. Like green is one of like, okay, along this is a little off topic. But <laughs> a while ago, someone said like, what is your color? Like the color that represents you and hers was yellow. And I was like, mine is green. I love green, especially deep plant green. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, for myself, I don't, like, really have plants because I know if I get real plants, they're going to die, sadly. I'm not like that. Yeah, remember that Christmas tree plant I got you? <laughs> um, Instead of a bouquet of flowers for a recital, I think it was Nutcracker, uh, I got Melody a tiny baby Christmas tree plant because I thought she could use it all year. She could take (laughs) care of it and have it all year round instead of a bouquet that's already dead and is going to be wiltered in a few days. But that didn't really play out. (laughs) It was good while it lasted. It was. Um, But I do have, like, fake plants in my room. But I'd say I'm not as much as a planter person as you are. Um, but I do like air plants. I think those are nice. And you can oh, hang I them just, up and stuff. I just got an air plant like two weeks ago. Oh, nice. It's really cute. All right. Now, since we got a little off topic there. Um, <laughs> so my next one, forehand, ball, and match or match point. So my I don't know. The first one made me think of volleyball, but I know you don't like that, so I'm going to have to go with tennis. (laughs) Okay, there's actually a funny story to the volleyball thing. So I actually used to um, 
play it for fun in like gym class in middle school and we would have like a group of people that would go in a circle and we would all just hit it and see like how long it would last before it like fell on the ground but I've never actually tried to play it before so yeah just a little side thing all right my next one my last one round rotation balance oh god you made this one a lot harder than your other two i gotta say (laughs) i tried i thought the other ones were too easy see i don't know because first i thought of like meditation because i know you sometimes like to do that since it's like kind of a part of yoga but i'm gonna go with what you really like to do um and you have one of these which is hula hooping yeah if you didn't know that I liked hula hooping you probably wouldn't have guessed it yeah it was like (laughs) kind of a random thing but also it can be a hobby you know well I call anything that you enjoy doing for the pure fun of it a hobby so hula hooping is a hobby for me yeah exactly all right I have one more for you and I'm gonna make it a lot harder because I know I've been making mine easy, kind of. Okay. Um, let's see here. Temperature. Um, spatula. <laughs> and season. Um, well, spatula makes you think of baking or cooking, so I'm going to say baking. No. <laughs> I just assumed you liked baking more than cooking, honestly. No, I actually am the total opposite. I, like, never really have liked baking. I'm also not, like, into sweets as much as, like, salty stuff. So I definitely like cooking more, which is also yeah, but a with, recent hobby. With baking, so. you can you can bake bread or crust for pizza. That's not sweet. True. That, Yeah. I obviously was thinking of, like, brownies or cookies or something like that. Mm-hmm. I never really think of bread, but that's true. I would make that type of thing. But I like cooking because you can experiment more. And baking is more of, like, a setup, like, science. Like, you have to have this much baking soda if you want it to rise at this or yeast or, like, whatever. So... I agree. I, I kind of like both sometimes if I'm in the mood, but with baking, you do have to be really precise. And with cooking, you can be a lot more experimental with spices. You can you don't have to measure everything. You can kind of add stuff as you feel. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot more like, I guess you can be more spontaneous and adventurous. Yes. <laughs> so... When I, a few years ago, I went through what I would call a quarter-life crisis, and I personally believe that everyone goes through a quarter-life crisis in their mid-20s, and I was just kind of trying to figure out what I actually wanted to do, what my passions were, what I wanted to do with my career, that kind of thing, and kind of reevaluating things. So 
I was doing a lot of like self-reflection and research and stuff, trying to figure out how I could figure out my passion and how I could find a career that really fit what I wanted to do. And one of the things I found in that discovery process was to think about what you liked to do as a child, because it probably didn't change that much. Maybe the way that you do it as an adult looks different than the way that you did it as a child, but your interests generally don't change that much. So, Melly, what did you enjoy doing as a child? So, when I was younger, I had a lot of different things that I thought were cool at the time, which I guess could transfer to now, but a little different on what I like and dislike. So one of them was definitely dancing, which I still love. And I would definitely want to, like, be a dance teacher when I was younger. And um, I just feel like it would be fun to have, like, a group of kids and then you help them out and everything. And then another one I had was when I was younger, in, like, fifth grade, I had to do a PowerPoint on like the weather or like water cycle or something and so it really made me interested in being like a meteorologist or something like that um it was funny because in my presentation i said it's raining cats and dogs which was funny at the time because i was younger you know (laughs) um (laughs) and then i also wanted to be just a generic teacher like an elementary one that did all subjects Um, but I do like more of the science side. And then my last one that I always wanted to do, which I still have an interest in today, is interior design. Um, because I really like to, like, arrange things in a certain way and kind of make it look pretty, I guess you could say. Um, like in different rooms of, like, a house or whatever. But I feel like the one that makes sense with like what I want to do now is the more sciencey side because I want to like um do like physical therapy I think we said in a earlier episode and like helping people out with like the dancing thing also goes into physical therapy but what is yours Robin? Well um when I was a kid I wanted to be well, when I was young, like nine or 10, I wanted to be the first female president. <laughs> and then I changed my mind and wanted to be a marine biologist. So I also liked science. Mm. And I wanted to be a writer, wanted to be a fashion designer. It really changed a lot. But I think that's the part of that's part of being a kid is really like exploring all kinds of things that you like. But Really, what I meant by what did you enjoy doing as a child was more what were your interests? Like, what did you do for fun as a kid? Which I think looking back and talking about what you what kind of career you wanted as a child could help you in the future, too, because maybe it's still something that you have an interest in. But the when I was doing this exercise, it was more simple in the fact, like, what did you enjoy doing as a kid? And what can that look like as an adult? So not not only in a career, but just general interests and even hobbies. Yeah, then that would be more of like, I guess, the dancing thing, like I said, and playing tennis, um, being like my little hobbies that I always did. 
And I also really like, uh, at least now, working out. When I was doing this exercise to try to figure out my passions and interests, I it took a while to actually remember the things that I did as a kid. So it took, I would say, about a week or so of thinking about it, journaling, coming back to it. And the very first thing that came to mind was playing house and playing dolls. And I thought that doesn't translate to adulthood. You know, like I can't I can't do that, obviously. Um, But I was reading a book called Hormonal by Marty Hazelton. And she says, quote, by playing house, girls might be learning various skills in the context of a domestic relationship, including figuring out who might be a good mate and partner in parenting. So she talks about how we can see girls playing house as, oh, they're learning to be a caretaker. They're learning to be a mother. They're learning to take care of babies. But that might not be the case. And I really liked her spin on it that when we're playing house, we're really learning relationship skills. We're learning how to, you know, manage other people, not manage other people, but how to work with and understand other people. So I thought that was a really good spin on it and just kind of to tie in, um, something that I liked doing as a kid, which maybe I was actually learning relationship skills. But some other things that I enjoyed were gymnastics. And I was never really on a team, but I loved doing cartwheels and backbends and handstands. I would do that almost every day. I remember in middle school and elementary school. And while I was watching TV, I would just be doing cartwheels too. And I was like practicing one handed and stuff like that. And I thought about what that could look like as an adult hobby. And it made me think of yoga because with yoga, you are moving your own body. You're lifting your body. You are some poses balancing on just your hands or on just one leg. And you're some of the the ways that you stretch and move and stuff really mimics that of gymnastics. So I thought that was a cool tie-in. Another one was writing. That's always been an important part of my life. I also really liked trying new hairstyles and doing hairstyles on Melody's hair and Tori's hair. And that was something just that reignited in me that I, I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that actually can be a hobby. It doesn't just have to be something I do like willy-nilly but it could actually be a hobby and something that I I actively work to do more often um and another thing was fashion and DIYs and reading which also was reignited so I at the time when I was doing this activity I hadn't been reading very frequently and now I make reading a part of almost every day of my life so I think just thinking about the things that you enjoyed And how can you bring those things back into your life? And what will that look like now? Yeah, I um, totally forgot about the whole gymnastics thing because I was the same way. And I would always just do random like cartwheels or try new kind of things and all that because my friends actually were into gymnastics. And so I kind of just like, you know, tried it because they were doing it. But it definitely, yeah, can be something that's just fun for you to do. And you can just, like, do it whenever you want to. And it just, you know, brings joy, sparks joy, like uh, Marie Kondo said. (laughs) 
Um, yeah. And that's the whole point of a hobby is you do it just for the fun of it. You're not doing it to make money or to be a professional or to show off. You're doing it for the pure joy of it. And so I think that's something that we can often forget as we get older to make time for hobbies because we think, oh, that's frivolous. Oh, I have more important things to do. But hobbies can be really fulfilling. Yeah. And like we said, you can do them anytime. And if you can just make a little effort or a little extra time into your day to do something that you love, it can just, you know, have a positive impact on your life. And I think it's really important for self-fulfillment too, feeling good about yourself, self-esteem, feeling like um, your whole self, you know, is doing things just for fun and not only for work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of people, especially in the U.S., are always about working all the time, like, work, work, work. But when you go to, like, another part of the country or something, especially in Europe, they are, like, you know, relaxing and taking time to just do whatever. And I feel like uh, people, like, especially where we live, never really take that time for themselves. And I like that now in our society, we kind of are trying to change that way of thinking, especially with the younger generations within millennials and Gen Z. But um, I feel like for like our parents, it's like a little harder for them to just sit down and take time for themselves. But Mm -hmm. it definitely can be changed, you know, like it's not a sin stone. You always have to be in a work manner, I guess you'd say. Right. Definitely. And it helps with feeling autonomous and feeling like you're doing something just for you versus maybe if you're typically doing things for other people most of the time. So I think it's really important to maintain hobbies or to find new ones, being open to trying new things if you feel like you don't really have any hobbies that are fulfilling right now. Yeah, so I think on that note, we're going to take a little break. A passion to me is a way to express yourself through what you love to do in your life. And so we are going to list off a few tips that might be helpful to actually learning or discovering what your true passion should be. And so first one would be to try new things. So we said this kind of in the first part of the episode. Um... But you really should um, try and branch out instead of just doing the same thing you're used to because you might surprise yourself and actually find something that you love to do and want to keep doing that you never would have done before. And the second one is to find constant ways to learn. So this doesn't have to be, you know, like grabbing a book and being like I need to do this this and this it can be more like spontaneous or like more flowing so it could be like someone does something and you're like oh that's pretty cool I want to learn to do that or some like you could learn maybe a trick or something in whatever you want to do so those are the first two that I have And then, Robin, do you want to continue? 
Yeah, those were so good. I loved your definition of passion, by the way. That was so good. But um, I was listening to a podcast a long time ago, and they were talking about growth and how the key actually no i'm sorry this was not it maybe was on a podcast but this was definitely in the happiness project book by gretchen rubin and she says that growth is the key to happiness as long as we're constantly growing we are we are able to achieve happiness and when we stop doing that and we live in a rut that is why people end up unhappy. So um, I think it's so important to constantly be learning and looking for ways that you can grow, even if those are just tiny ways. And we're not striving for perfection here, but just looking for little ways that you can achieve new goals and new, um, I guess, fulfillment in your life. So when I was doing this journey initially, I found an article that told me to list things that I enjoy and needs so this was specifically for a career so things that i enjoy generally and then needs in a career i'll just list off a couple things that i wrote under each just um to be an example but the things that i enjoy were pretty general and i believe the article said to be as general as possible because this can translate into any career and it will be easier to narrow down versus something really specific. So I didn't say yoga. I said mindfulness, you know. So um, learning, things I enjoy learning, um, growth, goals, writing, mindfulness, planning, guiding, exploring, things like that. And then under the needs section, I put a specific salary, um, a busy but different – wait, a busy – um, environment and different but similar day to day. I needed to be in charge of something, things like that. So I think that was really helpful if you're wanting to look for specifically a career that ignites your passion. So another list that you can have is kind of like a pros and cons or like you must have this like a need or a want. Um, and this definitely goes into everyday lives um, because everyone, you know, let's just do an example here. So let's say you really want a pair of shoes, but you don't need the pair of shoes. You need like food and water per se. Um, but obviously that's different than a passion, but that's just like a quick example um, that you can go off of. But like I said, you don't actually need like the want or like the extra thing, but it's always something that can be in the back of your mind that you could use later on if you want a little something extra. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And even just prioritizing things. So like the top of the list, these are things that must be in my job or in my life and then like these things can be but if not it's okay or like these things I'd be fine without and that can help with prioritizing habits too or maybe ways of life and like you said ways you spend too so that can be helpful Mm -hmm. um another thing is to think about something that really excites you so we all have something or have had something in our life that really excited us. And we're like, oh, my gosh, this would be awesome if, if this happened. And a lot of times 
people maybe go after something and it doesn't work out the first time and they kind of give up on that dream or they get comfortable in a way of life or a career that they've been doing for a long time. They think, well, I guess that that dream or that excitement that I had about that one thing was never meant to be. But the way I see it is I don't think passions ever really go away I believe that if you dreamt it once, you'll maintain that dream until it's fulfilled. So whether that's, you know, way down the road when you're finally able to do it or finally ready to make that move or, you know, right now, if you think that now's the right time. Um, But that's kind of honestly what happened with me with my career change. I had the thought and dream five years before I actually took the steps. And there were a lot of things that kind of led up to that and reasons that I kind of held off for a bit. But I, that is my opinion, really, about passions, that they don't go away. You'll kind of always have them. So you might as well chase it. <laughs> for myself, I really thought of what I wanted to do in, like, sophomore year of high school because – Honestly, I just didn't like people asking me, like, what do you want to do? And I didn't have an answer for it. Um, Obviously, you know, take your time. You don't have to have a passion right now or even a hobby like we talked about earlier. But I actually think it was a good choice of what I picked, though, because it definitely goes along with what I have been doing throughout my life with the dance and tennis and, like, I really want to help people with, like, sport injuries specifically. So it definitely makes sense. It wasn't just, like, a thought out of the blue, even though I did think of it quicker. But I already had these passions, per se, that I had going along with my life. And now I thought, let's make a concrete, like, career out of it. Right. And without actually putting it on paper, you were thinking about things that you enjoy and how could that tie into a career? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like you honestly are always thinking about this type of thing without knowing. And, you know, it's just kind of always in the back of our head, even if we're not always vocally talking about it. You know, you can, let's say you like have wanted to do teaching right but maybe you like down the road think of specifically what you want to do with teaching and you know you really are thinking about it it's just not always on your mind at the time Mm-hmm. yeah and I think most people if you ask them at any given point in their adult life what did like, if you could do anything in the world, what would you do? Most people have an answer to that. And the reason they're not doing it, there could be a million reasons. Usually they're very good practical reasons, you know, like finances or I would have to go back to school or I don't have the time or whatever. But um, I think it's important to think about it. Like, that's your passion, that thing right there, that if you could do anything in the world, what would you do? And you that answer to that question is your passion. And so if you have an answer to that, think about how could I do that right now without changing my career, without going back to school, without whatever? Is there a way that I can tie this into my life? Maybe volunteering, maybe a part-time job, maybe starting a business, you know, and it doesn't have to be huge. But how can you ease into that right now 
and then maybe down the road make a plan for how you can get into that career and of course it is important to be realistic but also you know we only have this one life so go for it yeah i mean that ties back into the like pros and cons list like yes i really want to do this yes it might also take a lot of my time but like we said you should just go for it and try it out because you do have time in your life even though it does go quickly you have time to figure out what you really want to do within however many years it takes you will figure it out right so i found an article that lists seven questions to ask yourself to discover your passion number one what makes you forget to eat and pee (laughs) in other words what do you get so lost in that you lose track of time number two what can you talk about for hours that when you talk about it you light up oh i like that one one. Mm -hmm. yes that's an important one what did you love to do as a child so there's that question we talked about earlier If you could be remembered for three things after you die, what would they be? That's deep. If you were financially secure, what would you do with your time? So that's important to consider. Of course, finances are important, but another way of looking at it, how could you do this while also maintaining, you know, your financial stability? Mm -hmm. Number six, what is working well for you in your current life and career? What do you find fulfilling, meaningful, enjoyable, and important? And lastly, what isn't working for you? What drains you, makes you stressed, or wastes your time? And I think that last one is so important because when you start thinking about the things that are draining you, you it really makes you want to change the way that you're doing things and say you know maybe I should take up that hobby again maybe I should add more joy to my life maybe I should kind of chase that passion however that looks for me I feel like a lot of people that have a job now or are older and have um, a stable job really get stuck in what they do and they only I keep thinking about this, but, like, it really is they just think about work. Like, they really don't have anything else on their mind. Um, I mean, especially when they are at their job or their, like, place of work. Um, Because, like, even if you work from home, for instance, you still are, like, kind of stuck in always doing the same thing and not really branching out and trying a new passion or hobby. Yeah. And I mean, working from home, that doesn't necessarily mean you don't love your job. (laughs) There are plenty of work from home jobs that are great and people do enjoy them. But yeah, generally, I agree with what you're saying that people can get stuck in ruts. And it makes me think of that quote, are you living to work or working to live? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So something to consider and like we said obviously there are a lot of factors involved with these kinds of things but I think everyone can take at least one step towards that that passion if they're really open to it 
Yeah, I definitely think it just takes a little push or maybe not even a push. Maybe you're already there in your life and you just need to discover it, you know? So I think we're going to take a little break and then we're going to actually mention our own passions that we have. So as I was figuring out my passion, doing these exercises and things, like I said, it did take a good bit to figure it out for me, but that's also kind of my personality. I like to have time to digest things, but um, I discovered generally that my passion is to be an encourager. And at the time, I wasn't 100% sure what that looked like as far as a career, but I thought that that was something that I absolutely love doing, can do in my everyday life and um, can find ways to do right now. So in finding out, um, or I guess rediscovering what I want to do in my career, I discovered that that passion is to encourage people to use their voice. So as a speech language pathologist, that is my ultimate goal and my ultimate passion. Melody, what's yours? So mine would have to be helping others in general. Um, because I realized that I normally will help others before I even help myself personally. Um, and I will reach out like a hand, you know, not actually, but, um, you know, just saying that kind of reference. Um, but that definitely goes along with what I want to do, which is physical therapy, because I will be helping out those who you know, had an injury or had some kind of accident and I get to lift them up and help them recover to their normal lives. How do you think that passions evolve throughout a person's life? Oh, that is a deep question. Okay. I would have to say it depends on your background of what you do while you grow up and it kind of like starts the surface of like your passion um and then I feel like it evolves once you actually figure out what direction you want to go into um but honestly that's a really tough question I feel like to answer yeah I think it's tough, too, because I do think there are innate interests and passions that we have as we grow up, and those don't change. Like I said, I don't believe that those change, but it's possible that the way that we live them out changes. Like, for example, me saying that my passion is to be an encourager, that could play out in a lot of different ways, and your passion of wanting to help people and get them back to you know, a a sense of normalcy could play out in different ways, too. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like, like a passion or anything in that manner can develop when you're older. It's just more likely to start when you're younger, because you're like, you're trying out new things usually when you are younger. In psychology, we learned that by age seven, everyone has their personality fully developed. Really? Yeah. 
And I mean, I should back check this, but that is what I learned. And I don't know if, you know, data has changed since then. But yeah, by seven years old, you are who you're going to be. And of course, after seven, there are lots of things that could change that. And that is the way that you view society, the way society views you, the way that you feel like you need to fit in or perform or conform, the people you interact with, the experiences you go through as you get older, all that stuff can affect it. But yeah, your personality is intact intact by seven. So really what we should do is talk to a seven-year-old and ask them what their passion is and then talk to them again. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> when they're 18 or 28 and see if they're living out that passion. Yeah, see, the thing is that I don't understand about that. Like, it makes sense, I guess. But, like, isn't there, like, a certain time when you're younger that you, like, finally start remembering what happens in your life? Isn't it? Yeah, like, two. Two? Yeah. I thought it was, yep. like, five. <laughs> No, the memory, the long-term memory part of your brain is able to store memories at age two. That's insane. I, because I feel like if you ask people, they won't know what happened when they're like two years old. Yeah, but that's interesting. This is a, this is off topic, but on topic, I guess, because, um, actually, this is really on topic. Oh my gosh, I just remembered. <laughs> okay. So one of my psychology professors told us that if you remember, like, go back, take time to go back and pick out your earliest memory, and that is still who you are. Like the things that you remember in that memory, the way that you acted, the stuff that you liked in that memory are still who you are now. And she used that as a way of kind of going back to your true self, you know, or kind of determining your, it could be your passion. It could be the things you enjoy, but really just like that pure sense of self before essentially the world got a hold of you, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so and when she said that, I was like, I mean, same thing. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go back and pick out my very first memory. And it took me a long time. It took me like a year. That's the pattern of my life. It takes me a while to get things. <laughs> it's always <laughs> a things, transition. To work through things. Yeah. To work through things. Yeah. Um, and, and I do think it plays out as far as um, my personality, for sure. Yeah, I really want to, like, try that now where you ask, like, a seven-year-old and wait till they're older because I just want to see if there's any correlation at all, if they had the same interests or anything. You know there is. I have no doubts. But when you're (laughs) that young, I feel like you're still deciding what you like and dislike. So there was this quote that I found a long time ago about finding yourself. And it was when I was going through this quarter life crisis, I found it. And it roughly says, it's not about finding yourself. It's about removing all the lies that you have believed about yourself, that society has told you, that other people have told you, and going back to your core self. Wow. So essentially, your earliest memory is you before anyone had influence on you or as much influence as they have now. Oh, my gosh. So deep. This is why I love psychology. It's so deep. Yes. 
So to end this segment, I did find an article, um, and it's it's going in a different direction, but I thought the message was still really good. And I will quote it. A child does not walk onto a playground and say to herself, how do I find fun? She just goes and has fun. If you have to look for what you enjoy in life, then you're not going to enjoy anything. And the real truth is that you're already that you already enjoy something. You already enjoy many things. You're just choosing to ignore them. So I thought that that was a good thing to end on because it goes back to we already know what we're passionate about. It's just we haven't been able to live it out for whatever reason. We haven't allowed ourselves to live it out. So just do it. Don't don't give yourself permission. Just do it. You don't need it. You already know it. Get out there. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Always um, follow the Instagram, millennial.z.podcast, and we'll see you in the next one. <laughs>